0: This is for a lot of the church one of the big struggles that the church in general has is the church is so busy fighting the internal battles inside that it's completely forgotten about its witness in the world and sometimes the churches can be so focused on the witness in the world that we're not having those necessary discussions internally to make sure that we are actually honoring the lord by believing the gospel as it is expressed in the Bible.
1: Welcome to the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, featuring Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Each week we share a conversation between Daniel and Billy, and sometimes a special guest will join in. Pastor Daniel and Billy speak today with John Cooper, lead singer of Skillet, and author of the book Awake and Alive to Truth. John shares his road to writing this book and how he's seen the American church deteriorate and confuse messages over the years. He'll remind you to seek the truth even when it's uncomfortable. Now here's Pastor Daniel and Billy with special guest John Cooper on this Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.
0: everybody. Welcome to this episode of Crazy Happy with me, Daniel Fusco. Just looking at what is real happiness at street level where we all live. People ask me all the time, they say, Daniel, doesn't God want me to be happy? I always answer yes, but God's version of happiness is almost never found in the places where we go looking for it. So we want to be able to connect into where what God talks about is real happiness. And so I'm excited to be able to be on this episode with you all. And thank you to all of you who are subscribing to the podcast, who are posting up about social media, about it. When you leave a review, especially when it's a good one, it helps people find this podcast. And I love that we're getting to connect not only on the podcast, but on all the social media outlets and all that stuff. As always, I am joined by my friend, one of our hosts, Billy Halliwell, Investigative journalist, all around amazing dude, and I like to say a uh, spiritual provocateur to make sure that, <laughs> that that we're keeping things honest. Billy, what's the good word, bro? How's things going?
2: They're good. They're good. You know, we're we're still kind of like in the pandemic, but we're we're doing it. We're surviving. We're good. We're happy. So we are happy <laughs> in crazy
0: ways, even in the midst of the pandemic. Now, listen, right. I am super excited today to welcome. Our special guest to the podcast, John Cooper, who is the lead singer, main songwriter of Skillet, which is a Grammy-nominated worship band, you know, rock band, you know, just straight-up <laughs> crushing it band, band that we've all enjoyed for so long, still getting at it, and What's cool is John is also now he's been writing about current events and we and he's got a brand new book coming out. It's coming out right around the time that this podcast is going to drop. It's called Awaken Alive to Truth: Finding Truth in a Relativistic World, and we're going to talk about that today. Make sure you pick up the book wherever you get books. But before we jump in, John, what most people may not know about me is that before I went into the pastoral ministry, I played bass professionally. So, John is not only the lead singer Skillet, but he's also the bass player. And somebody told me that one of John's favorite bass players is Chris Squire from the band. Yeah, so let's talk bass a little bit to start this thing out. So how'd you start playing the bass, John? Man, that's a lot of
3: information. Uh, first of all, <laughs> I love the introduction of the podcast uh, because that is such a great topic. Because people say, didn't God want me to be happy? And I think you nailed I, I think it's like... That's really well said. So I'm sure you unpack that all the time. I love that. Um, and so bass, I, for one thing, it's amazing. Chris Squire gets no love, right? From yeah, I mean, you almost never hear about Chris Squire, and he had that, that great classic Rick and uh, tone, you know. That's you hear it, and you're like, oh, that's that's Chris Squire. He, he plays it like he's playing a guitar almost. And I always thought that was cool. Funny though, I started playing bass. Mainly because, and maybe you can amen this, because (laughs) nobody can play. Nobody wants to play the bass. (laughs) Nobody wants to play bass. You can't find a bass player anywhere. So I always tell people look, if you want to get a gig, play bass, because there's a bunch of good guitar players, but there's just no bass player. So if you're a mediocre guitar player, learn how to groove. And even if you don't groove, get a bass because you'll probably get a gig.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See, now this is crazy happiness. This is good life advice. I like to say that that bass is the bacon of music. And there's an old story, us bass players know this, that a young kid gets a bass and his mom's like, he's taking the bass and mom's like, hey, where are you going? (laughs) Oh, I got a lesson. Oh, great. Have a great time, honey. The next day, young kids got the bass. Hey, honey, going for a lesson? Nah, I got two gigs. You know what I mean? And, and that's, I got a bass when I was in eighth grade. I was in two bands one day later. And I've always gotten that, you know, when I, before I was in ministry, I, was, I play upright and electric. Oh. But when I saw that you like Chris Squire, I'm like, now, nah, okay, like, you know, for a Christian worship artist, to bring up Chris Squire. I'm like, Hey now. So like I got into Genesis and yes. And those guys, you know, on my way, they were like the, the bridge between rock music for me and then jazz, you know? And so it was like, but hearing Chris and, the, and those guys from yes. And Genesis and, you know, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, all of those kind of prog art rock bands. And before I was like, oh man, I never heard this kind of music before. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is like another language to me I'm just following it I'm very I'm very intrigued I will tell you and but you're happy
0: aren't you I'm happy, you're here I'm about happy it's stuff.
2: good life advice for people I mean I I don't
3: play anything I probably should some investigative journalizing into us right now
2: he's learning what it's all these are the secrets That's right. I'm listening so I can ask the the probing questions. So that's well. What I
0: always tell people that if Jesus played a musical instrument, he would definitely play the bass because the bass is the glue that holds everything together. And according to Colossians chapter one, all things are made f- by him, for him, and in him, all things consist. And so I always tell people you might not notice the bass unless it's not there, and then everything feels a little empty.
3: That is absolutely true. That is true. That it's the foundation. That's what it's all about. It's the chief cornerstone, Billy. <laughs> we're,
2: we're, sol- we're solving the world's problems here through the bass. This is great. All right, let's transit, John.
0: Talk to us. I mean, because like, listen, Skillet is an amazing group, you know, and I, you know, we've enjoyed the music. So many people who are listening right now, they're like, oh, man, like like Skillet becomes like a soundtrack to all these different parts of our life. But God has really been, had you on a journey, not only as a musician, but now you really begin to, s- to speak more vocally about things that are going on currently? And can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I'd love to.
3: I mean, I think that started, when I started Skillet, my dream was always to share Jesus through rock music. That To me, that was it. You know, my generation, your generation sounds like, you know, music was uh, the identifier. Music was how you remembered when you met your wife, uh, the first dance, the breakup, the wedding, when you had your kids, you know, I, music is is that thing in your life that people, honestly, a lot of people live for It's the thing that I, that they identify with. And I knew growing up, I can attest to growing up that most of the time I felt like no one knew what I was going through except for whoever sang whatever rock and roll song that I was listening to at night. And I know it sounds dramatic, but that's being a teenager. And so I always thought sharing Christ through music is the best thing that I could do for young people. Um, more than than youth pastoring. I, I also would love to have been a youth pastor, but I thought with my music talent, I think it's the best way. I would say about 10 years ago, I began to go like, what is happening in the world? Like It just felt like everything started changing, I would say around 2010, 11. And all of a sudden, It wasn't just the world that was confusing me. It was other Christians that were confusing me. I would play with Christian bands, and I would find out, wait a minute, what you just said doesn't sound like what I believe. (laughs) And what you just said actually doesn't even sound like Christianity to me. But I couldn't put it in a category. I knew the Bible, but I didn't know what I would call systematic theology, or and I didn't understand worldview. I mean, I knew worldview to the point that I knew – pretty well with the Bible. I was pretty good with theology, but I didn't understand all the various things going on. And so 2011 and 12, I began doing a real, for me, (laughs) I'm not an uber smart person, deep dive into what is happening because I'm starting to notice for the first time, losing friends that have been Christians for 10 years, 20 years, Friends that are like not into Jesus anymore, or they thought they were into Jesus. And as we started talking, I said, hey, I don't think that's I think that's actually universalism. That, that's not actually Christianity. And then they would say, well, if that's Christianity. I don't want to be a part of it. And I'm saying, well, <laughs> that's your decision. <laughs> but I started noticing that in friends, some family, my church family. And that is when I began to go, all right, I need to use the correct language of the day to understand what's happening, and maybe I could help some people that are following Skillet that don't follow, I don't know, John Piper or whoever of the day. Maybe they don't understand those things. Maybe they're just everyday people like me, and maybe I can help them. So that's how that started.
2: You've been really open about things and very transparent, and you've, you know, you've had a lot of opinions and you do it in a very measured way. Um, Has there been any part of you throughout that process? So you started talking about the faith piece of it, which is where it started around 2010, but has there been any part of you that's been cautious or hesitant to speak out knowing that no matter what you say, um, not necessarily on faith, but on the issues pertaining to truth, which, which coincide with faith, has there been any part of you that's been concerned about the reaction to that?
3: I, you know, yeah, there have, I mean, What's really hard for Skillet is that Skillet's mission is not just to Christian people. And I always wanted to kind of keep that open. So I never saw myself as a pastor or a preacher in terms of, let's start like nitpicking theology. You know, the Christian music's very ecumenical, right? Some people are going to be Calvinists. Some people are going to hate Calvinism or what have you. Pick the issue, right? Eschatology or whatever, or are we, you know, baptizing or are we not baptized? All of those things, it's who cares. That's not what it's about. It's about encouraging people in faith and throwing seed for the gospel. Once you start doing the things that, yes, that I've been doing, I started noticing, all right, now people are gonna start getting frustrated. And but but you know what really shocked me is that I never cared if the world got mad at me. It was Christians that I never thought would get mad at the stuff I was saying. And I was like, oh, I thought all Christians agreed. I thought all Christians agreed on this. And I was not prepared for that backlash. Welcome. Welcome <laughs> to that. It's it's
2: a very fun place to be.
3: <laughs> um. I'm just like, you know, there's some things that I would never give somebody backlash on in terms of like a particular doctrine. But once you get into things that are kind of like essential to the faith, I never saw that coming. So that, you know, that's been a little bit like you're jumping into the lion's den. And I just decided. The, for the if you're going to get the backlash, then it made me realize how much this is necessary. So then it kind of fueled me to go. I, I guess I've got to be more bold rather than less bold because now I see a lot of preachers that are not being clear enough. <laughs> Some of the preachers, I'm like, if you guys were being clear, I wouldn't have to say this. But but you're trying to have it both ways. That that's the way that I view it anyway. So.
0: Well, I think what's powerful of what you're talking about is that, you know, there's like, you're talking about there's really like kind of two prongs to what you're trying to do. One is that Skillet has a mission to reach people with Jesus. So we're talking about evangelism. We're talking about uh, the interaction of Jesus with those outside of the church. And then you're also talking about now within Christianity, like the family discussions that we have about what's important and what's not. And I think for a lot of the church, one of the big struggles that the church in general has is the church is so busy fighting the internal battles inside that it's completely forgotten about its witness in the world and sometimes the churches can be so focused on the witness in the world that we're not having those necessary discussions internally to make sure that we are actually honoring the Lord by believing the gospel as it is expressed in the Bible and all the pieces that the Bible has for us that is important and essential for life and faith. So how do you balance that because really what you're talking about is like that's got to that's got to be like a, a not something that you resolve but it's like a tension that you're managing as a musician and as as somebody who God has given a platform through the music that now you because of the influence and platform the Lord has given you, you can have a great influence on a lot of people.
3: Mm. Well, that once again, that's really well said. I think I I wish I'd said it that way, actually. Yeah. Um here's what I've noticed. Here's the way I've tried to handle it. So my music and what I say on stage and what I say in my banned social media i've kind of kept as it always was which uh frankly everybody knows we're christian and they know that i talk about my faith and sometimes i might even post something about a song and then i'll post the scripture reference of why i wrote that song right jesus is the way the truth and the life and this is the song awakened alive so this is where it came from I just have always seen that as like, hey, you're, you're throwing seed. Evangelism is absolutely the, the right word for that. And people don't generally get too offended. They're kind of like, oh, that's, uh, that's why they wrote the song. That's cool. It's not really preachy. It's more of a statement. And on my own personal stuff, I deal with the nitty gritty. I think that the people that listen to Skillet that don't care about the nitty gritty, they just turn off on my personal stuff because I think they're like, I don't. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know why he's even arguing about A, B, or C. Until some of those things become, they end up crossing into politics. And I think that that is what's hard. You know, recently I made a really big stand, which I've never done in my career. I've never shied away from it. It's just never come up to to stand on pro-life issues. I mean, I've always said I was pro-life, but it's just not the mission of my band, right? But now that we're seeing so many preachers say, well, that's not really what pro-life means. Pro-life actually means all these other things, they're confusing the issue. And I just kind of said, hey, you know, I would have more respect for a preacher that just said there's other things to consider rather than just confuse everybody about the abortion issue. It's a really important issue that we cannot look past in Scripture. It's either that God ordains all life it either is it or isn't and stop confusing us man so all of a sudden now you're kind of crossing into politics and it's not that i want to cross into politics i just got to stand on the truth of of that issue so i found it very hard to do to be honest with you but the one thing i do think i'm i'm good at if i can say so is never having judgment for my friends that aren't christians if you're not a christian i don't expect you to act like a christian I don't expect you to believe what I believe, and I don't expect you to stand on any of these things, and I can still have a meal with you, and have fun with you, and and have coffee, and live life together, and not expect you to adhere to my beliefs, you know?
2: What you're talking about, and that's so true and so interesting, um, but you're talking about truth, right? This issue of what is truth, and when you're talking about pastors maybe confusing an issue, what ends up happening is you muddy truth. You muddy the waters and it becomes confusing. And so this has led you to write a book, right? I mean, you care enough about this, not only to talk about it, you've written a book on it. What is it about truth and about that issue of relativism that made you kind of say, okay, not only am I going to get on social and talk about this, not only am I going to do interviews about it if it comes up, but I'm actually going to write about it. Right.
3: I think what really broke me, if you will, well, it did break my heart, but just, it literally just broke me down, (laughs) utter confusion, was the fact that I didn't know, I I had studied postmodernism in college, but I never knew that anyone would actually believe postmodernism. So I just thought, yeah, that's really weird fringe theory that makes for great films, like (laughs) The Matrix, and, you know, all all those, that great run of films that happened with like, you know, the 13th floor and all those weird movies. It makes for great films, though. Because <laughs> if It's not reality then how do you know if you're in the dream, um, Inception, you know, you know my dream or on that, would it really matter? If you go into the dream and do something really evil, does it actually matter because it wasn't real? You know, all those questions are fun until you're living with them in the church. And that is what broke me. I was just like, oh, my gosh, the church is actually now – believed in certain forms of, of relativism that, that maybe technically we might call standpoint epistemology now, but I didn't know that's what it was called at the time. And I was like, why are we saying that that person, because of their experience, has a different view of truth than me because of my experience or the color of my skin or because I have a different class than them and, and all these various identity groups, right? Or what have you. And so that is why I thought, all right, I want to write a book because everyone I know is confused. Christians are confused. Everybody I meet in the world is confused. We can't even agree on if uh, if I've spent 30 seconds, I could think of 10 things that happened this week that no one actually knows the truth to. Did it really happen or did it not? For instance, here's a new one because the, the World Health Organization just, did you guys see that clip where the guy came out saying, actually lockdowns are actually more harmful than not locking down?
2: Yes. Uh, is that true or not? I have no idea. <laughs> well, yeah, it's like the masks. The masks don't work. Yeah. Don't wear the masks. No, <laughs> you need to wear the masks. Okay, only wear them sometimes. Only wear them if they're purple. You know, it, ch- it changes 50 times. And maybe that's because science is changing. Maybe it's just, I don't know, but it's confusing.
3: It's really, really confusing. And if it's that confusing on, you know, science about masks or lockdown, then what is it going to mean for truth? eternal truth, spiritual truth. So I decided I want to write a book that's a journey about the ways that our culture tries to find truth and the alternative, which is, thank God, a truth that never changes, that is always the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's just like the bass guitar. It's the foundation. (laughs) And if you build on that foundation, it won't be shaken. But if you don't, you're going to end up in destruction. And so some of the book is apologetics. We can talk about it or not, but some of it's apologetics. Some of it is, does deal with worldview of relativism and and what have you. And then various, I would just call traditional orthodoxy about um, the inherent goodness of man versus original sin, so on and so forth.
2: You know, I have a lot of friends who are more progressive on the more progressive side. and they'll and they'll say things to me, you know like, well, you know, anybody's viewpoint is their viewpoint. Anybody's truth is their truth. You know, and when you ask Americans these questions, I mean, the Barna group, there's some polling firms that have done this. It's actually terrifying when you look at the results, oh. uh, because even the majority of Christians are saying things like, Oh, yeah, the only truth you can ever know is your own truth. And you know, so anyway, but but you talk to certain people and they say that to you, but then you're like, oh, well, I think, you know, abortion is immoral. And suddenly there's a line drawn. And the interesting thing is that relativism is only real in our heads. Everybody draws a line somewhere, right? And so whether you're a liberal or a conservative, it's like the minute you say, I mean, look at what is going on in the world right now. Somebody says something, there's an immediate reaction to it because they've drawn a line just like all of us have. And so I think that's an important thing to note that this is actually a made up thing. It doesn't, from 99.9% of the population, it doesn't exist. Uh, honestly you that's my final chapter <laughs> <laughs> I, I just wrote your final chapter. i rewrote yeah, your oh final no, i feel like you read it and then repeated it and i tra- did i plagiarized <laughs> i plagiarized with no credit i pretended it was mine
0: well you know igor stravinsky the great russian composer said that good composers borrow and great composers steal and yeah. so you know we're seeing this played out right here So we're right back now. to
2: me playing the bass i should play the bass that's what we're yeah. saying we're back to that again
0: That's
3: a lot of looping
1: around, but yeah. Jesus is real. Guest John Cooper talked today about his own struggles with finding the truth about Christianity. Too often, churches water down the life of a believer, making it easy and avoiding the tough issues. Or they take sides and tell you what you should or shouldn't believe. John decided to look for truth himself, and out of it came a book that he hopes will help you find out what it really means to be a Christian today.
0: While our time with you on Jesus Is Real Radio may be coming to an end, you don't have to stop learning from God. Visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to dive into Pastor Daniel's teachings from the Bible, and be sure to tune in Monday through Thursday for our weekday edition of Jesus Is Real. We'd love to meet you too. Find out more about how you can join us at Crossroads Community Church when you visit jesusisrealradio.com.
1: Next time on the special Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel and Billy will continue discussing the state of the church in America with their guest John Cooper. This discussion will ask you an important question. What's influencing you right now? The media Hollywood, even your neighbor down the street, everyone has an opinion. And it seems like right now, everyone feels the need to share it, but it doesn't always line up with God's word. Well, that's all the time we have for this special Friday edition of Jesus Is Real Radio. For more information, visit com. Today's broadcast was produced from the Crazy Happy Podcast with Pastor Daniel Fusco and host Billy Hallowell. Be sure to subscribe to the Crazy Happy Podcast today and be sure to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.